0: Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another interesting conversation on why it is important to pay attention to language use, especially in our quest to make our organizations more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. And this afternoon, I am thrilled and excited to be joined by Veronica Kola. And so, Veronica, I have a tradition of having my guests introduce themselves so please generously introduce yourself to my listeners and tell us who you are and what you do hello mame and hello to the audience it's a pleasure to be
1: here and thanks again for the invitation so my name is veronica collar um like mame i'm a linguist by training and i work as a professor of discourse studies at lancaster university in the uk so i would say In terms of what I'm interested in as a linguist, there are really three strings to my bow. So I'm interested in political discourse. I've long been interested in questions of language, gender and sexuality. And most um, pertinently, I guess, for this podcast, I'm also have a very long standing interest in business communication. Actually, my first ever academic job was at a business school. I also occasionally do consulting work with an agency called Linguistic Landscapes, so which takes me out of academia, which I really appreciate. So in terms of what have I done in business communication, well, I started out more than 20 years ago now, I think, um, to do a PhD on metaphor in business magazines. And then post-PhD shifted my focus to discourses of corporate branding, so how companies use language um, mostly language, to build their institutional brands. I've looked a bit into narrative accounting, so metaphor use in accounting documents, politeness, etc. And most recently, I've become interested in language awareness, which is, I guess, how Mami spotted me. So language awareness in people who work with language, but may or may not always be aware, you know, of the workings of language, really.
0: Thank you so much, Veronica, and I think Veronica has been very, uh, she's, she's been very moderate in introducing herself, but you should head off to the Lancaster website and you, you'd have more details about the depth and breadth of uh, Veronica's expertise and knowledge as a linguist. So, Veronica, Thank focusing on, on to language awareness in the mm. workplace. Why is this important? What 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 do we even mean by language awareness in the first place? What I mean by language awareness is to
1: understand the workings of language, what people do when they use language, and um, how they create certain meanings or give of certain impressions, etc., and to understand. To use a metaphor, it's a bit like peeling back the face of a clock to see sort of how all the little cogs and wheels work underneath, really. And so it's important to understand that, well, obviously language matters, as the title of your podcast says, because it's the, really the main medium through which humans interact in all spheres. That can be in the workplace, in business, that's in our families, that's at church, that's wherever really at schools. So, but I think what's really important to understand is that language doesn't just serve to exchange information, yeah? So it's not just about um, conveying a piece of information to somebody, but it's also about conveying your view of the world, really, and to negotiate relationships. So that's two really important functions of why people use language, and to become aware of that. So let me give you an example, if I may. So you could phrase something in three different ways. okay? so if you, for instance, um, I said this week, earlier this week, I said to somebody, I don't I'm sorry, I don't understand the question, which struck me as a fairly neutral way of of saying. But just that I don't understand the question. Now, you could, of course, rephrase that. You could say uh, this is incomprehensible or you could rephrase it in a different way you could say i well, have no idea what you're on about so you could say well you know doesn't it all say this all three say the same thing that you don't understand the question and in terms of content i guess that's right but in terms of how the language works it does really different things so obviously saying this is incomprehensible is much more formal than to say i don't understand the question and to say, well, I have no idea what you're on about is, is much less formal. It's very informal. You wouldn't say that to anyone, right? So you can sort of construct a relationship, your relationship as being more or less formal, but you also shift the focus. So if you say, I don't understand the question, that's about me, that's about my inability. If I say, this is incomprehensible, then there's something wrong with the question. And if I say I've got no idea what you're on about, then there's something wrong with you in asking me. So that's really important differences, and I think becoming aware of that is, is really important. So just by way of example,
0: thank you so much. So there's one thing that you touched that I particularly like. So all these different examples that she gave, what is evident there is that they have different meanings, and. Mm-hmm. So my question is is it possible for the lay person to be able to pick up these three different meanings or you can only do that with some sort of expertise or awareness for example I think intuitively people would probably
1: pick it up but the point about language awareness is to have some you know however basic means of describing that you know so for instance to know you know what what a pronoun is that the first is I I don't understand the questions about me and no idea what you're on about is about the other person all right so um and that helps us get it, gain a deeper understanding doesn't mean that anyone has to become a trained linguist obviously um but to have a basic toolbox as it were you know, about, you know, is something formulated as a question or a statement, who's actually included, who's referred to, that sort of thing, how have, how is has the evaluation been done, that sort of thing. And um, it's about understanding how people use language, you know, and why they do it. I think that's a really important point, you know. Why would you phrase something in more formal or informal ways? Why would you put the fault with yourself or with somebody else? And we can then think along, you know, what does that do in a, in a workplace context? So it may sound daunting, of course, to say, well, you know, that's all very good, you know, peeling back the face of the clock, but what's in it for me, really? You know, what's what's the benefits? And, and I guess the, for me, the most immediate benefit would be better workplace relations. So you can really avoid misunderstandings or bad feelings, or when people have a vague feeling that they're being accused of something, but they don't quite know why. But if they know, oh, well, you're making this all about how I phrase the question, not about your way of understanding it, that might help to um, bring any, any miscommunication to light, really. So yeah, better workplace relations, hence more job satisfaction, I guess. And in meetings, it can also mean that you can run meetings more efficiently because somebody doesn't or can say at least why they feel affronted by something and then can bring that out into the open instead of trying to block the whole meeting. So ultimately, that would also mean increased productivity, I suppose.
0: Thank you so much. I mean, you have preempted my next question, so (laughs) I'm not going to ask that. But I think before I let you go on this matter of language awareness, so as you say, make this protocol to an organization. How does this work? For example, if you are consulting or you're working on a project like this, how how mm. does this work? Just, just in a few words.
1: Right, so in a consulting way, you would look at what is the problem as the client perceives it and where do they want to go, obviously. And you would work a lot with already existing interactions. So you might ask permission to of course, confidentially, but, you know, record some interactions in a company and then see what's going on. You know, how people use language, what reactions that triggers in others, you know, and then make um decision makers aware of what is going on particular language and communicative patterns that often can become very entrenched and how they may be less than beneficial and to also suggest you know um how to make the decision makers aware of what's happening linguistically and uh how that could be changed and how that awareness could be spread to benefit the organization Mm
0: -hmm. yeah thank you so if you want more details about this, uh, Veronica has a wonderful co- uh, podcast that she co hosts, Words in Action. And if you subscribe to it, she's, she's done a series and it just shows you or gives you practical <coughs> examples of how this language awareness can be implemented at the workplace and then its usefulness as well. So, Veronica, yes
1: yeah i hope i hope it's useful you know i mean um, i've written a textbook with a colleague and based on that we started that podcast words and actions so we've just we're just producing episode 17 so we've really gone for a time now in our second series and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts and we also have a website to go with it which which is wordsandactions.blog
0: Thank you very much for that. So now our next focus is Language and EDI, which you, you, ha- you generally touch on in your, in your book that uh, mm-hmm. you sent, and I would want you to share details of that book as well if someone is interested in getting that to increase their knowledge. So why should organizations even bother with language and EDI? What's the connection?
1: what's the connection i mean what are the issues really you know so that's what your whole podcast is about and i've given that some thought obviously i mean one issue with language and equality diversity and inclusion that perhaps comes first to mind at least for british people is accents so um, there's you know people increasingly i hope recognize something at like accentism where people are really discriminated against based on nothing other than the way they, you know, the word, their words in language sounds, because that's all that accent is ultimately, right? It's a way that you formulate, a, you know, make a vowel sound or, or something else. And um, of course, it's never about the sound. It's never about, accents are about triggering stereotypes, really. So you don't object to a particular accent, you object to... Um, what kind of social stereotypes or kind of you know person you associate with an accent so i think that's the first thing that's important to recognize and um then the whole field of intercultural communication by which i don't mean just people from different countries Mm -hmm. right i also mean cultures like organizational cultures or cultures in a particular sector of the economy etc so issues such as you know politeness and humor and does the speaker focus on themselves or rather on the team they are part of, etc.? So these are all issues. Um, and again, I mean, the not being aware of that has obvious consequences in terms of well, discriminatory practices, but also, of course, less diversity. You know, these are subtle ways of streamlining, you know, the people in an organization and excluding some. And I think you make that make that point, Mami very well on other episodes that organizations only stand to lose if they don't, you know, look after after diversity in their workforce.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Veronica. So my, my final question, then I can let you go, will be what, what would you say to uh, people in charge of diversity and inclusion at the workplace? What is one word that you would say to them? What's one thing that you say to them to get them thinking that, mm, this is a good thing to do or probably this is a gap that we're not looking at you know and even employees as well uh, how do you encourage them to, to be able to handle these matters that arise miscommunication frustration and all of that arise with miscommunication and everything that has to do with language
1: it goes back to awareness really you know so and be aware of your own thinking and stereotypes because we all do it. I do it, you do it, we all do it. And to some extent, it's even necessary to make sense of the world, but of course it can very quickly become harmful. So ask yourself, how do you react to particular accents and why? What for you counts as a sign of intelligence in a speaker? Is it that they answer very quickly or focus on how distinguished they themselves are? Well, in some cultures that would count as very impolite, but that doesn't mean the person is less intelligent. Or what you perceive as rude in, in language use, you know. And remember that usually people seek to be, a pol- be polite according to their cultural norms. So there's no such thing as a rude culture or rude language. And so being aware of that, you know, what that triggers in you, you know, what stereotypes. I would want, want to finish with one insight, really, that was very valuable for many years, of, or many years, some years, working with a PhD student from Malaysia of Chinese descent. That who wrote on intercultural communication and uh, was very adamant to do so from her own cultural point of view. We had long discussions and more than one difficult meeting and in the end, you know, I think we both learned a lot, and she wrote a good PhD. But I realized for myself, as you know, a, a Western person, that it's very easy to be proud of your intercultural work relations and where all your colleagues are from and how cool that is and what have you. But that's only as long as everybody accommodates to your standards. Once they refuse to accommodate to your standards, that's when things get interesting, and that's when we need
0: awareness. Thank you, you couldn't have ended on a much better note. Veronica, thank you, I know you're busy and I really appreciate you taking time off to share your insights about this. So like I said, you can learn more about Veronica, she's on LinkedIn, she would accept your invitation to connect, you can head to the Lancaster website and don't forget to listen and subscribe to the Words and Action podcast. So until I come your way with another edition, I'd want to say bye for now and thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure, Mame.
1: Thank you.